It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Block Radio. Hi, I'm Jody Mullen. Welcome to Freakishly Well-Behaved Kids. Um, this is a series of podcasts dedicated to helping parents and other people who are connected with children help children behave and be their best. I'm in a unique position to share this with you because I've been a child counselor and a play therapist for, oh, actually, almost 25 years now that I think about it. I'm also a mom. I learned many lessons from my child clients and my own children. This informed my parenting as well as the parent coaching that I do as part of my clinical practice. I recognize that working with thousands of children and parents that are, there are some simple principles for parenting. I'll cover more than the 20 principles for blissful parenting so you too can have freakishly well-behaved kids. These principles are simple and life-altering. They will change and enhance the relationships you have with children, how children will behave, how you feel about yourself around children, and improve your overall parenting esteem. In this podcast, I'm going to talk about a specific principle or lesson and how you can apply it. There'll be special guests, and we have one today, that will further, um, that will further your knowledge and uh, allow you to freakish, have freakishly well-behaved kids. Follow me on Twitter at Dr. Jody Mullen and um, also on Facebook and Instagram and all those other great things. So let me tell you who my guest is today. Um, first of all, our show topic is I have a teenage daughter and she likes me. And I realized that that was a kind of a big deal um, when I started saying it, how people uh, responded to it. And so many of the clients that I've had in counseling have been um, teenage girls and really uh, what they struggle with is getting along with their parents in one way or another, and then doing a lot of parenting consultation on the other end of that. Today, um, I am really lucky because today I have um, my daughter with me, and she is my special guest. So today I'm blessed to have my favorite opera singer and daughter as my guest. Uh, 17-year-old Leah is with me to talk about what she thinks um, about work when parenting teenagers. So this is a really interesting perspective. Most of what we talk about in working with um, teenagers comes from adults and specialists and that kind of thing. So we have this interesting perspective that's usually not heard and definitely not respected. So welcome, Leah. Hi. All right. <laughs> All right. So thanks. So I, first of all, I wanted to just really thank you for agreeing to do this with me. You're on a little chair. So yes. you're, um, you're a lot shorter. Yeah, so uh, really interesting this uh, visually, too, and um, Leah is about four inches taller than me, but I'm sitting on a chair, so I look um, way taller than her, so anyway, sorry about that. Let's see if I can fix that. So, um, Leah, part of the reason that I wanted to talk to you about this was that you you really do have a different perspective um, to me on what works in parenting teenagers, <laughs> yes, because... Um, uh, because we talk about it. Um, so one of the things that really struck me was um, one time I remember we were in a, I was in a conversation with another parent, and we're not going to use any names here because that would be weird and embarrassing and make people uncomfortable. Um, but um, that you said um, I was being re- 
other than um, another parent that you are connected with. And um, you overheard what I was saying to this other parent. Uh, this was a friend or a family member. And you said, you know, Mom, you're a lot stricter uh, than this other parent. That's better. And, um, and, and that really always struck me as very interesting. So could you tell me a little bit about that? Because I think most people wouldn't expect that a teenager would say having a stricter parent is better. Um, I don't think it's strict in the way that, like, oh, you're not allowed to do anything and enjoy your life. Mm -hmm. It's more that, like, I'm setting these guidelines for you to have um, a successful future, to be safe. Um, And I think I understand that. I don't know that other people would. But it's not out of a place that you don't trust me, and it's not out of a place that – it's just saying that you can't do these things because you're younger than me or because I'm supposed to be in charge of you and mm-hmm. out of love and um, just trying to keep us safe. Okay. So this, and I think that this might actually even be like kind of a hard question, but how did you know that? Um, was there any, I guess, was there anything that like dad or I did or said that helped you understand that it was coming from a place of love and, well, I mean, I'm kind of <laughs> kind of a boring person in the sense that I don't like to go to parties or, like, I guess do stereotypical teenage things. Mm-hmm. But um, I understood where it was coming from because you've never made me feel like I was subordinate to you guys in any way. It was just that, like, it, it's your guys' job to keep us, me and my brother safe. But yeah. And you guys constantly say that okay. a lot of times. And... When I think when we are confused as to why we're not allowed to do something, mm-hmm. um, you usually explain it, and I think that's very helpful rather than just um, saying we're not allowed to do something. Okay. So if I can tease some things out of that, like one of the things that you're saying is, um, I guess that we didn't do because I said so. Yeah. Um, so that yeah, was, I think this is everybody. <laughs> yeah. And I and I think that that's a cop out on parents. It's, there is a reason, and it might not be a great reason why you don't want your kid to whatever, but to just say because I said so, um, I mean, it leaves them guessing, and it, it just it feels disrespectful, I think, on the other end. Um, so it, a big part of what I'm hearing you say is that it was because we explained it, and it was because a lot of times we link that to your overall safety. Um, so even when it was not the way you wanted it to be, like there was a part of you that can understand it was linked to safety. Correct. <laughs> okay, I just wanted to make sure that I got that right. And then one of the other things that stuck out with me is just, uh, and actually um, I wrote it down because I wanted to make sure I asked it, is that um, I noticed on Twitter the other day that you had um, retweeted or quoted a tweet that said something about that you like to do things with your parents. I think that was the gist of it and that that, that was like an odd thing for a mm-hmm. teenager to say. So could you tell me a little bit of, um, about, one, why you thought that, well, I guess why I would think and maybe your stance is that's kind of a weird thing for a teenager to say? Um, I think a lot of people think it's not cool to do things with their parents or um, – just because it's such a norm not to like your parents and um, they're not, they don't have the same kind of Instagram feed that you do. They don't, it's like, they're just not in the same generation. So it's like, why would you be hanging out with four year olds and 50 year olds? Like that doesn't make any sense. Um, But 
train of thought. <laughs> no, okay. So I was, well, I was saying, like, um, that, that that's odd, that you thought it was odd. The person who I think originally tweeted it, because I think it was a retweet, was mm-hmm. odd, thought it was like, hey, like, this is something different. Um, and that I do think a lot of even parents would be like, um, your kids like to hang out with you. That's right. the part. So I just wanted to make sure, like, I understood that. Um, well, I like to hang out with you guys because um, I think at least I am very mature mentally, and a lot of the people my age don't necessarily have the same values as I do. And I think being brought up with um, the similar values because uh, you have the same va- similar values, at least to me, because you raised me. That's kind of like, oh, I can, I don't have the same exact things that I like to do, but I at least have a similar mindset, and I think that's an easier way to be, like, friends with someone, I guess, is to, oh, okay, so I I think I got this, so part of the way, (laughs) let me see, so part of the way that you feel like you choose your friends or are connected to other people outside of our family is based on having, like, a similar set of values. And then um, you do feel like as a family and uh, that we have similar values. So it's, so it's like I, um, liking to be connected to people to share that. So then is what the other piece, I guess, of it is what, what you're saying that um, because an observation that you've made to me is that like a lot of your um, peers don't have that with their parents. They don't like their, to be around their parents or even like their parents. So, uh, so what's so is your take on that? That they have different values than their parents, or is it more than that? Um, I don't know because a lot of times, if you say like, "Oh, why don't you like your mom?" It's not, "Oh no, I I like my mom," and then it's like, "Well, then why do you treat her like crap?" No. Um, and I think that a lot of times that's just um, a miscommunication of like what is trying to be done, I guess in the sense of the parents, um, and I think it's hard for especially teenagers because they're trying to figure out who they are, what they want to do, and um, feel that they deserve more responsibility than a child should, Um, and it's difficult sometimes to not be allowed a responsibility because, like, for me, I'll be a legal adult in less than a month, and I'm going to college this upcoming fall so it's mm-hmm. like well I have to be able to do all these things on my own anyway how, like how come you won't let me do this and I think that um, parents won't often have a good answer for that okay so so for instance saying and I actually remember this mm-hmm. is being able and and I and I you know have so I remember from my own experience but hearing other uh, young adults and teenagers that I work with say it is like um so I go away to college, for instance, and then I come home and have a curfew. Like yeah, I, yeah right. And so I think what you're saying is even before going away to college um, or going out on your own in other ways is that um, when you say, when, it's, when you can vote, yeah. okay, when you can vote in, for you in like less than a, a month and I'm saying, and I would say, well, you have to be in by this time or you can't do this or you can't do that and not giving you a reason. But the rest of the world, <laughs> so to speak, thinks you're old enough to cast a vote, you know, for um, a government, for government offices. That, that's, um, 
incongruent to teenagers. They think like, okay, so I get these adult responsibilities, but then I still have to do X, Y, and Z. And I think what you're saying, the, the, the part of it is, and I don't know why. Yes. Okay. So then if you were giving advice to parents of teenagers, if they want to, like, stay connected to their teenagers and not have all that, like, stereotypical that uh, happens between um, teenagers and their parents, what are some of the things that you think they could do better? Um, I think communication is the biggest thing. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) It's hard to, um, like, I understand that sometimes some of the questions or um, positions that teenagers put their parents in is kind of difficult and makes them uncomfortable. Um, But I think that it's important to understand that your child is still a human being and is almost an adult. Mm -hmm. And um, although maybe you don't agree 100% with what they're doing, you have to understand where they're coming from. Oh, okay. So one of the, um, and, and I think, you know, I, I, we joke about this a lot. You have two mental health professionals as parents, so you're screwed, right? Yeah. Um, so, uh, and one of the things that, uh, that I talk about a lot in terms of, of parenting is parents being able to gain empathy for their kids to understand, uh, and this is my fancy word for it, but that their child, no matter how old their child is, phenomenological world, which just means how they see the world. And I think that um, that's really, you know, hard to do uh, in, if, one, if you're not trained to do it, um, but two, if you haven't done it. And so, um, and, I, and I also think one of my observations is that a lot of parents of teenagers are so disconnected from their teenage self. So, like, they... Um, they remember what they did, but they don't remember how it felt. Um, right. I think that's also a big part of it is that a lot of teenagers are like, oh, well, you were a teenager in the 70s, so everyone smoked pot and right. drank after school. Like, that wasn't a big deal. So mm-hmm. when if, if I were to do that, like, you can't be mad at me because mm-hmm. you did this as a teenager. And I don't know that that's necessarily the best reason, but it's mm-hmm. a valid point. It's a reason. Yeah. And when the parent doesn't give you a reason, when they say, yeah, I did that, and this is this is the result of that, and I don't want that for you, right. um, although, you know, although I think you, uh, that you're going to make some decisions that I don't want you to make. Um, I also think, you know, you started off talking about safety, and I think another um, thing that is hard to communicate um, in any way but directly is saying that, you know, like I'm concerned about your safety. And so when I'm putting any kind of limits on you um, and saying, yes, I did that, but that was foolish and I I wish I didn't do that or like it was, you know, a different time. I mean, there's a million different reasons parents could give for that. But I think ultimately it becomes because I don't want you to go through what I went through, whether that has to do with um, safety, which I think it does a lot of time. But the other thing I think it has to do with frequently is just getting hurt. Um, and I think that's not expressed enough because mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever heard one of my friends or peers, parents say, like, I don't want you to do this because, like, I went through this or because, it's, like, I made a, a not smart decision. They don't say that. They just say, like, you are not making a smart decision. Right. And it's putting all the blame on them. But your child is not, wasn't born yesterday, obviously, right. if they're a teenager mm-hmm. and right. understands that, okay, well, you know something happened if, or you are upset that you did this, mm-hmm. so why are you taking it out? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, so sometimes it comes from the limits that um, parents are putting on teenagers doesn't even come from their teenager. It comes from their experience, the parent's experience as a teenager. So it's not even based on what their teenager is like or what their teenager's values are. Right. And, um, and, you know, just to put this in perspective, like um, like smoking cigarettes. Mm-hmm. I, like, obviously, uh, you and I have a shared values uh-huh. on that. And, um, and I think, you know, one of the things that, you know, I could have a friend, you know, say to me something like, oh, well, I'm sure she's going to try it. And I can say, I'm sure she's not. Yeah. She's an opera singer, and she wouldn't put herself in that position. And so, but if I was on just thinking at, through it on my own experiences and not you, like who you are as a separate right. person, then I'd be like, yeah, maybe she will, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do think that it's really important not just to weave things through your own experiences as a teenager and use that for your parenting, but to really know your teenager. And I think that builds a level of trust, too, Mm -hmm. because, like, you knowing that I wouldn't smoke cigarettes, not only because I think it's gross, but because, like, I could ruin my potential career over it, it's because you you trust me and trust that I Mm -hmm. know what I'm doing, Mm -hmm. which you should at this point. Like, I'm almost an adult, and everybody makes mistakes and makes bad choices, but, like, you have to, as a parent, at some point realize that I can't parent you anymore mm-hmm. and I might as well start giving you, like, a reason to think that you're going to be okay. Yeah. You can't, I think if you are so strict to the point where you have to be home at 8 o'clock every night and within a month you're going to be going to college and you get to choose what you're doing with your life or not going to college and doing something else. Mm-hmm. But um, it's like, it's overwhelming to know, okay, well, my parents didn't let me do anything. What what can I do? What am I? What what is okay to do? Right, you don't know. It's, what the lines are very blurred. Right, and well, and I think some people um, really struggle, particularly in their first time away from home, whether college or otherwise, because they haven't had responsibility and they don't know what to do, and they go like literally go wild, you know. So I think that that's an important um, piece of it. One of the things that you um, have said a couple of times in what you're talking about is like, I'm almost an adult. Yeah. <laughs> so does 18, is like, the, is the way that you and your friends um, see it, is that like, that's 18? How do you see that? Well, I guess like, legally, I, I, I'd be an adult. I don't know that I feel like an adult. Sometimes I feel like I'm four, sometimes I feel like I'm 40. So uh-huh. it's a little bit of a gray area. Um, <laughs> and I I understand that, like, I'm going to college, and that's kind of like, okay, well, I'm not necessarily completely on my own, but, like, I have to be responsible for myself, and I don't know that there's, like, a specific feeling as what to an adult feels like, mm-hmm. but I know that when I drive myself to the grocery store to pick up my own dinner yeah. so I can make it by myself, like, that feels a little adultish to me, <laughs> okay. and I think that, um, like, that's not uncommon for mm-hmm. a lot of teenagers, especially if, like, their parents aren't home at night often mm-hmm. or they have other responsibilities and they're just – and they have to be the ones to take care of them. It's confusing when, oh, I can make myself dinner, I can do all my chores, I can get all my homework done without being told or reminded, right. I can maintain a job and my schoolwork. Um, like, that's – it's hard to be told then, oh, like, you have to be home by a certain time mm-hmm. because – 
especially like eight o'clock, right? Because you oh you're you're not legally an adult yet, mm-hmm. so you you can't do like I'm still in charge of you that kind of thing. And I remember like a lot of my um, friends' um, parents saying uh, like, "Well, you still live under well, you're under my roof," yeah. kind of thing. And I um and I do think that that's an important um, aspect of the parent older child teenager right. young adult. Uh, relationship, but I think that that has to come from a place of respect. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, when you think about um, some of the things that haven't worked, when you feel like you have, I mean, are there times um, that you feel like I, that you haven't been respected or we we really missed the boat in terms of parenting you, you know, as a teenager? I, uh, the only thing that really ever gets to me is when, it's like, yeah, I want you to empty the dishwasher right now. And it's mm-hmm. like, okay, well, at this point, in general, I'm just, like, a very organized person, mm-hmm. and I always get my work done. I always – and I, I kind of schedule out my day as mm-hmm. is. Um, sometimes I schedule in a break because otherwise I'm doing homework for hours on hours and then have to go study my script or then mm-hmm. I have to go to work. And it's um, frustrating to me when my schedule is disrupted because I have to do one – my new thing that I'll still get done, mm-hmm. but sometimes it can't be when you guys want it to be. So in some ways, that's just not respecting that you. It's it's looking at a lens through my own schedule of this needs to be done now versus right. looking at your what you have on your agenda right. and what your what's on for your schedule. Mm-hmm. And I I don't know if this is true for all teenagers because I. I mean, I do spend time on social media and on my phone, but I don't think I do nearly as much as other people because I don't find a huge importance in it. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just kind of like sometimes a time filler. Sometimes I want to see what's going on in the world, that kind of thing. Um, But a lot of times if I'm on my phone on the couch, it's not because I've been on my phone on the couch for four hours. Mm -hmm. It's because I was just doing homework upstairs or I have something to do after and I want to just have a break to, like, just chill out for a minute. Mm -hmm. And I think that, like, a lot of times if you just walk in on that moment, not necessarily like you guys, but yeah. in general, it's like, oh, well, you're, you're just a teenager, you're on your phone, like, you don't, you don't take care of your responsibilities. It's like, no, I do, I just, I need a minute, like, yeah. that's acceptable. Well, I think, um, and I did want to talk about technology, too, but before I go there, um, I, I wanted to share with you, I don't, I don't know if I shared this with you before, but, like, when I was growing up and um, my dad, Papa Marty, wanted mm-hmm. things done at a certain time, it was like you had to drop everything yeah. and do it at that time. And I remember, like, really resenting that. Mm-hmm. And so, I, you know, um, I do try to balance that by giving you and your brother, like, lists of things mm-hmm. that need to be done during the day or during the week mm-hmm. by a certain time. Um, but there, you know, but there are some times that that things are time um, right. sensitive. And so, um, you know, that might just be sort of fleshing that out a little bit further. So uh, I also did want to talk about technology because I find this is just my observation for whatever mm-hmm. it's worth. Um, I, so I find that a lot of the teenagers that I work with um, clinically and a lot of the parents that I talk to or who met the parents might be my clients, but they have uh, teenage children, um, technology comes up, particularly social media and mm-hmm. their kids' um, engagement with their phones. Um, so I did want to get that from your perspective on that, but I wanted to tell you what mine was, and I think that I may have shared this with you before, is um, it, I find it really 
incredibly hypocritical and ridiculous mm-hmm. um, because that adults, like my kind of adults, yeah. <laughs> like not freshly new yeah. adults, not even millennials, but like, um, you know, people, I'm going to say probably 35, 40 and older um, are really like, ah, those damn kids in their phones, you mm-hmm. know, kind of thing. And I want the rudest of rudes that I've ever seen yeah. on um, people answering their phones. Um, I, we were watching one of your um, musicals at the high school last year or the yeah. year before, and someone not not only did their phone ring, then this woman had to be in her 50s, not only did her phone ring, but she picked it up and had a conversation mm-hmm. during, you know, the show, which right. that's. That's among the rudest things I ever saw. And then I had um, a woman do the same thing during a, um, and she, this one was in her 60s at least, um, during a presentation that I was giving, where I asked all the people to please put their phones on silent. And, you know, um, and I recognized that a lot of people work on call because we're mental health professionals to just take something outside if it was an emergency. So, uh, and she picked up her phone and had a conversation where one of the other people sitting uh, near her said, like, holy, you know, holy, you're being so disrespectful, yeah. get up and go. Um, so the, the rudest things that I've ever seen have been on, uh, at the hands of the 35s and older, mm-hmm. but I think the perspective is reversed. Yeah. So I'm in- interested to hear what your uh, perspective is. I mean, we have, like, five more minutes to talk. <laughs> um, I think that teenagers use um, social media for a variety of reasons, mm-hmm. but I think that also it's still kind of a new thing, and we're the, it's, I think teenagers are the ones that understand it the most, mm-hmm. not necessarily like understand like, oh, um, this is how you're supposed to use it, but this is just how it works in general, and I think um, that because we are at an age where we can kind of understand how just everything is sort of starting to piece together and that, um, like, we don't need our parents to type in the password for us like the little kids do. <laughs> okay, right. So, like, we're at kind of an age where we're trying to figure out a lot of things and um, social media is, like, an outlet of expression. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a good way for um, for teenagers to be themselves in a sense. And a lot of times, like, at least here, like, we live in a really small town, and it's hard to connect with people because I'm the only Jewish girl in the school. I'm the only opera singer in the school. Like, right. I don't know who else I could talk to. And if I wanted to find someone to connect with, I could easily do that mm-hmm. over social media. I'd be like, hey, where are my Jewish friends at? <laughs> right, and, right. and then there was, like, automatically there would be people that I could connect with. And I think that a lot of times um, parents think, oh, you're spending too much time. Mm-hmm. And I think that accurate in a mm-hmm. lot of cases but it was kind of something that we didn't necessarily grow grow like grow up with but we um started to use it at a time when we were starting to figure out our own schedules mm-hmm. and it's just kind of been incorporated and it's it's hard to take that away because part of it is like I guess when other parents were um in high school their social life was okay, we can talk to you on the phone, but we have to go to parties or do a, a club or something, and you don't have to do that mm-hmm. now. You can just, like, text people or be on a on a group chat or on a Twitter, like, follow the same people on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So it's a very different way of connecting, and it, it makes it for a way that you don't have to hang out with your friends necessarily in a way that you would before. 
so it sounds like what a lot of parents might have difficulty, especially those of us who are older, more like 50, with, might have trouble understanding is that, that it's just different. It's yeah. like, and, and sometimes I have to remind parents who are like my contemporaries in terms of age is that, you know, they'll say, I was, in, I was never on my phone that much. It's well, because you're, you go and call people on your phone and you have one phone in the house. Right. And well, we had busy signals. Like you couldn't get through. Right. Like it was a big deal when we got call waiting and mm-hmm. you could put somebody on hold for a second, pick up the other phone. So, I, you know, sometimes I think those things are um, kind of forgotten. So, um, and then it, I, it also sounds like that uh, if you can, as a teenager, do some of your own, like, sort of limiting in terms of your technology, that that's good. But if not, it, it, it would be yeah. okay to get help from your parents right. as long as they're seeing it as helping you and yeah. connected back to that safety where you yeah. started. Or if it's something like, um, well, you haven't done your homework in three weeks, right. maybe you should just take a break from your phone right. rather than be like, I'm taking my phone. Right. So, right, because that, again, that's that disrespectful mm-hmm. um, piece. Well, thank you so much for the uh, interview about um, all this. I like, well, I love you. But, uh, I, uh, I really appreciate it, and I think people are really going up to learn from that. And maybe I can have you um, come back and talk about some more like specific things uh, mm-hmm. based on your unique set of knowledge <laughs> um, coming from the but I But I think this is, this is exactly it. If we don't talk listen to or appreciate or respect a lot of times what teenagers have to say just because they're right. a teenager. And I think um, maybe that's why I don't say, like, oh, I'm a stereotypical teenage girl. I, I'm very different in the sense that, like, I don't have the same values necessarily, but that might because I'm so close with you guys. Oh, thank you, honey. Yeah. <laughs> so we really did do a good job. Yeah. I, I really so. do have a teenage <laughs> daughter who likes me. And the other part that I leave out is and respect me. Thank you. <laughs> um, with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.